Hello everyone and welcome to Best Thoughts. I'm Will Johns. And I'm Rick Johns. And you know what? Today we are in our sixth episode of this season on relationships. And today we are going to be talking about friendships and having good, healthy friends in our life. Man, Rick, I can't wait to talk about this. Uh, I look at this topic as the huge, life-changing antidote to the isolation and loneliness that's all around us. Mm. It's the solution that's in plain sight, Mm. but we often miss it. Oh, that is so true, Will. You know what? It's interesting. If you've been looking at some of the research and literature in our world over the last decade, loneliness is becoming what they say an epidemic. Yes. Especially in our Western cultures. Uh, I know in England, for instance, they appointed a minister of loneliness. Wow. They saw it as such a health and societal issue that they appointed someone in minister in England does not mean a pastor like maybe America. It means a government official whose job is to take care of this problem of loneliness and find ways of addressing it. And it reminds me, Will, there's a powerful book that just came out. Um, I'm forgetting the title of it. It's called Lost Connections by Yoan Hari. And uh, this is a fantastic book. If you get excited about anything we're saying today, you'll want to check it out. But he really does explore this epidemic that you're talking about, Rick, of loneliness, which leads to depression and anxiety and a host of other issues. Yeah, and his book is very compelling. It's well-written. I highly recommend it. And I remember a story that was in that book that really spoke to me, and I thought it was a powerful illustration of what we're talking about today. And he told the story of a doctor in England who he noticed when he was treating his patients that there was kind of this common theme among many of them. Many of them, as they would relate their story to him, were feeling lonely, they were feeling isolated, they didn't have many friends, they didn't have much to do in their life. Many of them were retired and older, and some were were younger and still feeling kind of isolated alone. They didn't have uh, friendships or groups that they were part of. And so one day he was looking out the windows of his doctor's office and he looked at the back of his property and it was all just not landscaped at all. It was ugly and needed attention. And he was thinking about his patients and he got an idea and he said, maybe if I formed a group, a gardening Mm. club, Maybe if I ask my patients to come and I'll put some money towards the landscaping and they can come and we can landscape the back property of my doctor's office. And I think that would help them because they would give them purpose. They would give them people to hang out with and be part of something. And so he started inviting his patients. He set a date. And to his surprise, almost all of them showed up for this Sunday to work on his property and to landscape it and beautify it. And they had just a great time working for a couple hours out there and cleaned it up and got rid of weeds and started putting in some shrubs and things to make it look nice. And they had so much fun that he immediately decided, well, we got to do this again. So he scheduled another time two weeks later. So they showed up and he bought a few more things to put in and they cleaned up. 
and they all showed up again. And so he just kept it going. Every two weeks, they would show up. And as this continued for a few months, he noticed a dramatic change in his patients. Hmm. Patients who were coming in depressed, discouraged, complaining of this symptom and that symptom, now they weren't depressed. Now they seemed happy. Now they didn't have some of the same symptoms that they had before. Blood pressures were going down. And so he just kept this club going. And over a year, he saw a significant difference in his patients, in their health, their emotional well-being, their happiness, their satisfaction in life, all because they now were part of a group. They were connected to other people. And that's amazing, Rick, how just those simple connections can have such a profound change on someone's life. And I could testify to that from my own personal experience. Uh, there was a time in my life just over 10 years ago where I had to admit to myself that I really didn't have many friends at all. And the friends that I did have, I was barely spending any time with. And fortunately for me, as that realization began to dawn on me, as I was admitting my loneliness, my sense of isolation, there was a guy that reached out to me with an offer of friendship by inviting me over to his place to, to watch a movie with a group of other guys. Mm -hmm. And this was a golden opportunity for me to just make some friends and, and start mm -hmm. connecting. And, and that's exactly what I did because I had it in my mind that this was a high priority for me. This was something that I needed. Mm -hmm. Now, how did I get to this place where I didn't have friends in the first place? For me, it came through busyness, just not placing friendship as a high enough priority. And so work and family time kind of filled, filled all the crevices of my life, and yeah. I was missing out on friendship. And, and I'll tell you, once I started to prioritize friendship and connect and do things with, with other guys that I was interested in being friends with, it just really, really changed the quality of my life for yeah. the better. I felt so much better after that. And you know what, Will? I think your story is a common one. There's something about us that when we're children, we connect easily. Yes. In fact, the younger the kids, they just naturally make friends. Like you put a few three-year-olds, four-year-olds in a room, doesn't matter if they don't know each other, instantly they're playing together, instantly they know each other's names, and they're having fun. And like the younger you are, the more easily you connect, but something happens as we grow older. Yes. And I don't get it, but I guess we become more self-conscious and maybe a little more, it feels a little more vulnerable. But by the time you're a teenager, suddenly friendships are a little scary. And, you know, you walk into that new high school as a freshman. And, and most of us can remember that being scared, like, oh, am I going to fit in? Am I cool? Am I wearing the right thing? Uh, am I good enough at sports or what, you know, for a guy probably. And for, for girls, I'm sure there's other worries. And suddenly as we grow older, we start to, I don't know, pull back. We get scared of these friendships, get scared of meeting new people. And then it seems to get the worst once we get married. 
some reason we just think, oh, I guess I'm married, so I don't need friends. I've got my spouse. Yeah, and, and Rick, I think, you know, we just finished two episodes on marriage, and and one of the things that puts a huge stressor on marriage is when we look to our spouse for everything in mm. our lives, <laughs> you know, to meet every social need, and it's just way too much to put on any one person. Yeah. And, and it's one of the reasons why I would recommend anyone to choose at least five good friendships yeah. to, to aim for that. And, and at a very minimum, three good friendships in your life with people that, that you could turn to, you can have fun with, you can talk to, you can hang out with, and, and different people you're going to connect with in different ways. Everyone, every friendship is going to be unique yeah. to, to how you and that person relate to each other. I love what you just said there, Will, and I just want to bring that to the attention of our listeners. And I'll ask our listeners, do you have five good friends? If I asked you to name five good friends in your life right now, friends who have your back, friends who you could call up and talk to about anything, maybe even something that is difficult or very personal, do you have friends that you can do things with? Maybe go on a trip, maybe just go out, maybe just go sit at a park, maybe go for a walk. Do you have those connections? And the sad thing is, the research says most of us do not. Mm. Most of us adults today, and I think you nailed it, Will, we are very busy, and, and I think friendship seems like a luxury to us today. Yes. If I'm yes. going out with my friends, I'm, I'm playing and I should be working. I should be productive or I've got things to do at the house or, you know, I don't have time. I would love to, but I would love to, but. And, and it's almost like in our culture, we feel guilty, like we're being irresponsible by spending time with friends. Yeah. Crazy. Like, like somehow that's a, a childish thing to do or an immature thing to do. When in reality, it is essential to our spiritual and emotional well-being and our physical well-being. Yeah, I, I have research right in front of me here that I'm looking at a study that said loneliness is directly connected with heart disease, dementia, depression, anxiety, and length of life. Like shorter length of life? Yeah, exactly. Wow. Wow. I mean, this is not something that's optional. We are not, when we're spending time with a friend, it's not a luxury. It's not something, we're not being irresponsible. We're actually being very responsible. Our health in all areas is dependent upon these connections. And therefore, I think we have to be intentional. So getting back to those five friends, which I like that you said, Will, you go for five and then, you know, if you get three out of the five, at least you got the three. You're still way ahead of zero. You're still way, way ahead. ahead of zero. <laughs> and it's better to shoot for a few more because it's tough today. People are busy. And even two people that really would like to do more together or have a better relationship, life can easily get in the way. And it can be a year before you, you talk to someone who you consider a good friend. Yeah. And, and, and it's probably helpful at this point since this is, as I said at the beginning, kind of a solution to our isolation and loneliness that's right in plain sight. I mean, mm. It's just right out there. Everyone could see that this is beneficial. 
but we don't always know the practical steps is how do we do this? Like, Rick, what, what do you do to make a friend? Well, I tell you, the first thing that I think is a great step is to think about who could be my five. Mm. If I could just pick who's in my acquaintances, my lists of friends, and probably don't go to Facebook. I'm not sure why they call those friends because I don't even hardly know half the people <laughs> that are my Facebook <laughs> friends. But someone that you have a little more connection with. Uh, and maybe it's a lost friendship that comes to mind. Maybe it's a new person that you just met that you think, you know, I like this person. I think there could be a quality friendship here. And for me as a Christian, I challenge people, pray about it. Mm. Pray about who are those five people for you. Because God will bring them into your life. Life will put people into your life at the right time. Now, some of them may be in, in your life, in your circle for a season. I've had people, awesome people in my life that have kind of come and gone. But I still value that, that you know, those two years that we were hanging out and doing stuff, uh, I think about the time I went through a divorce and I was sitting in front of my counselor and she asked me, she said, well, who do you have? Because she was a good counselor. She recognized, I'm going through a divorce. I need a support mm. system. Mm. So I started naming, but I said to her, I said, the problem for me is now I'm a single male and all my friends are married because I was married. And so my friendships were with married individuals. And she said, well, do you have any single male friends in your life? And I said, no. And then I got to thinking, I said, oh, wait, I do have so-and-so. Oh, wait, he's not married. And I named about three people. And she said, there you go. There's three. And I had yeah. never thought about them. And in fact, I hadn't even thought about them as being single. They were just kind of on the periphery of my life. And one of them in particular uh, just caught my attention as I was talking with my counselor. And so I went home and I texted him that day. And he was someone just about my age. Uh, he was single and I was single. And I reached out to him, and he became a great friend, especially for that season of my life. He was another pastor, um, just a good guy, and he just understood the new dynamics that I was wrestling with that my married friends wouldn't have understood. Yeah, we don't have to figure this all out ahead of time, you know, as to if someone may end up being a special friend to us during a season, some... One might end up turning into a lifelong friend, mm -hmm. but we do have to be proactive. And that's what I love about what you're saying, Rick, to pray about it, to, to maybe write down a list yeah, and, and be intentional to say, I want to grow and develop friendships in my life. And, and then there's, a, there's another simple step that needs to be taken that you mentioned, Rick. You texted this individual that came to your mind. Yep. And so a simple reaching out to yeah. someone and you could say, you know, offer whatever you think they might enjoy, you know, let's go running together. Let's, let's go out for lunch. Uh, come over and watch a movie at my place. Yeah. Um, whatever kind of thing that you think would be a fun way to get to know this person better. I don't think you can create a friendship without quality time of some sort. Right. There has to be time spent together or it doesn't really count as friendship. <laughs> right. And you know what? In my case, when I reached out to this uh, other guy, 
he was very receptive because he was in a similar place and said to me, you know, everybody our age is married. So mm. it's wonderful to have somebody. And he was going through a very messy breakup, which I didn't know at the time. And I'm pretty sure if you interviewed him today, even though we don't talk much today, but back then he would tell you, man, Rick showed up in my life at just the right time because I helped him. He was processing and dealing with what was a very uh, sticky and messy uh, situation uh, in a breakup for him, and I'm dealing with a divorce, so we could just share and compare notes and just keep our sanity and encourage each other. Yes. And I think we both helped each other from making some big mistakes because both of us were you know, vulnerable at that time. Both of us were emotional with the breakups that we were going through and trying to figure out how to navigate all that. And each of us, I think, gave each other good advice and just, just were kind of an anchor for each other at that time. Friend, friendship is it's a support to all the other systems of our life. Yeah. In fact, I've heard counselors who've said, you know, a lot of people wouldn't need my services if they just had good friends. Yeah. And you don't have to pay them. So that's nice. And, <laughs> and they care. There's, there's a power in just knowing somebody cares. There's a power in being heard. Yes. Here's the, here's the beauty of all of this is when we make the effort to simply take time to connect, to spend time with someone else, we don't have to agree with them on everything. I've had some really good friends over the course of my life that we have different politics, we have different mm -hmm. views on religion, we have different views on um, all kinds of things. Yeah. And the friendship is just about who they are as a person and the fact that, that they're willing to spend time with me. Absolutely. And, and so don't, don't be ultra picky when you're looking for friendships. <laughs> Uh, I think I think there are people that that are scared of, of being vulnerable and 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 getting to know someone, or getting close to someone, that sabotage friendship by being ultra picky. Yes, and they say, "Oh well, I can't be friends with this person because yep. they root for a different sports team than I do." Right? Seriously, <laughs> you know, is that? I have I have a great story with that will where I was taking uh, one of the friends of my stepson home uh, after they'd uh, been together and playing some basketball and stuff. So I'm taking him home and we pass this absolute mansion that's right on his street. And the homes of his street, I would say, are more normal. But this one was just massive, had a huge pool, had a fountain out in front. And I jokingly say to this young man, I say, hey, you need to be friends with these people. I mean, they're his neighbors, and I said, you should be friends with them because they've got everything, obviously. And he, he kind of laughed, and he said, oh, my mom wouldn't let me. They're Republican. And, <laughs> <laughs> and it just cracked me up, but it, it almost made me cry, too, because those are the kind of things that divide us in our world today. Yes. Oh, I can't be friends with a Democrat. I can't be friends with a Republican. I can't be friends with this. I can't. Oh, they don't believe in that. Oh, they just said something that really offended me. And it's like, you know what? There are some really good people on both sides of any aisle. Yes. There are some really good people. And we miss out when we get really picky about, oh, they don't believe exactly like I do. You know what? If they don't, that's probably a good friend because you need to get out of your silo and hear somebody from a different perspective. Well, and Rick, this really brings up a question that I have for you. 
And it goes along with everything we've been talking about this far in season two on relationships. What do I need to do? You know, we, we could talk about what we might be looking for in someone else, but I really need to start with me and ask the question, am I a good friend to other people? Am I the kind of person that someone else might want to be friends with? Yeah. And so my question to you, Rick, is what, what could you do on your part to be a good friend to other people? So uh, for, for you, I will give you a specific. For you, Will, you should probably dress more modern. Uh, some, <laughs> some of your outfits make it hard to have friends. But for, for the rest of us, I would say <laughs> I think it takes more intentionality now than ever. Okay. And because people are so busy, I noticed, especially when I was going through my divorce and I was trying to reach out, I had to do more reaching out. I had to send a few more texts, a few more phone calls, a few more invitations. Hey, would you have time this week? I'd love to you know, get a coffee with you. Or would you have time this week? I'd uh, love to go running together or something. Um, don't take it personally when people don't respond right away or even have to cancel an appointment with you. I just found that's just a way of life. It doesn't mean that they didn't want it or that they weren't happy that you initiated it. A lot of times they're just too busy. And remember, most people in our culture are thinking of friendship as a luxury. Yeah. So you're like Haagen-Dazs ice cream. It's right. something they would love, but they don't think they should and they'll feel guilty if they do. <laughs> that, and that's exactly what I found. And some people who I thought were kind of trying to ghost me, in the end, when we did reconnect, they're like, I am so sorry. I've really missed getting together. It's just been crazy. Yeah. And I just kept finding that, that if you show up and try to be a good friend, it means a lot to other people. You don't have to be bossy or demanding, but you may have to take more initiative because I just find people, it is that luxury mentality and a lot of times they won't respond or they won't be quick to respond. And you could easily take it personally, especially for those of us that are a little more vulnerable or a little more sensitive or feeling like, mm, I don't know if they'd want to be my friend. It's very easy for those negative voices to start like, oh, they're annoyed that you're trying to do something. They don't want to do anything with you. Yeah, it's, it's so important to realize, just take that as the culture that that's in the way, not the individual who doesn't like you. Right. And, and clearly there, there, there's a certain point where if someone, if you reach out three or four times and, and you get no answer and no interest, that one's probably not going anywhere, you know? So there's, there's always a line that we have to acknowledge, like this friendship's probably not going to develop. Yeah. Uh, but that leads me to another point, Rick, that I'll add to your list. And I love the idea of taking initiative because we have to do it in our culture today. We're, we're really swimming upstream when yeah. we're cultivating friendships. And, and the second point is pay attention to people that are reaching out to you that you may not have noticed before. Yeah. There are people right now reaching out to you that because of the culture, because of your lack of awareness of your need for friendship, you've blown them off. Yeah. You've ghosted them. You've ignored their texts. You've um, not gotten back to their phone calls. Yeah. And, and, 
And this is where I say, keep an open mind and give it a chance. Try responding to someone that you're not sure if you would be friends with or not. Yeah. Do something with them and see what happens. Yeah. I mean, if you hate it, then don't do it again. That's right. Fine. <laughs> you don't owe them lifetime friendship just because you're willing to play some tennis together once. Yeah. And the, the last thing that occurs to me, Will, is find some people, some friends that you can get away with, meaning you can go and do something for a weekend, a few days. I know, Will, you're really good with this. You have some golf buddies and every year you just do a golf trip. Yes. So you're reconnecting once a year and you have to be intentional about that. And if you're in a marriage uh, and you're married and your spouse is not supportive of this, which is very common, or maybe like I remember when I got remarried and my wife was wanting to go with her girlfriends and get away for a weekend, I admit I was initially a little jealous. And then I thought, why am I jealous? This is exactly what she should do. She's going to come back happier, healthier. She's, it's going to make her a better spouse, a better wife. And I would want the same freedom to go and do something maybe with my guy friends and something that she wouldn't enjoy because there's certain things I can do with certain people that they, we all enjoy the same thing, like you with golfing. Yes. Uh, Lori's not going to do the golf trip with you. That's right. not her thing. Right. That's a great advice there, Rick, because we can look for these ways, these opportunities to go do something. And I found through travel and spending that that extra time together that, that a couple days affords definitely takes a friendship to another level. Yeah. And yet, you don't have to start there. I would encourage most people to start small. Start with something you're already interested in. Like, for instance, Rick, something that, that you and I enjoy is watching basketball. Mm -hmm. And we're in the NBA playoffs right now as we're recording this. And, and that's an easy thing to invite somebody to do. Yeah. Come on over and let's watch the game. That's yeah. it. Very, very simple. Uh, and so look for those types of things. And then once that friendship gets started, that may develop into something where it's like, hey, we're going to go do this trip and go watch some basketball live. You know, get some yeah. tickets to an actual game and we're going to travel there and it's going to be fun. We're going to get away. And all of that can lead to some great friendships. Absolutely. So, Will, as we wrap up this episode, I think we've touched on a lot of really good points. And I know uh, we were looking at a quote from our current Surgeon General who gave some good advice uh, and just some practical things that we should think about with this connection piece. And I'm wondering, I think that would be a good way to kind of close today's episode. Yeah, I've got that right here. Our current Surgeon General is Vice Admiral Vivek Murthy. And he says, and I quote, in America, there is an increase in loneliness and the health consequences thereof as people become more and more isolated from each other. But I don't think it has to be that way. There are things we can do to proactively strengthen social connection. We can, for example, make it a point to spend at least 15 minutes a day talking or writing to someone we love. The second thing we can do is to focus on the quality of the time that we're spending with each other. And another enormously helpful solution to loneliness is service. 
Hmm. It turns out that when we reach out and help someone else, that that not only enables us to connect with another human being, but it reminds us of our value and of our purpose in life. Yeah. I love all three of those suggestions. You know, I, I think for our very logical, analytical people that plan their day, put 15 minutes in your day, in your schedule to reach out to someone. Maybe it's a phone call. Maybe it's a few texts. Maybe it's an email. Those little things, especially done on a daily level, make a huge difference. So I love that one. And, and I've, I would add to that, schedule one connection time a week with a friend. Yeah. Whether that's getting together to watch something, whether that's doing lunch, whether that's a, a phone call or FaceTime call, whether it's a walk or yep. a run yep. or a workout or playing tennis together, look to try to get one a week. And I love how he mentioned quality time because just being with someone isn't always quality time. Right. If you're on your phone while someone's talking and you're distracted and you're, you know, you going out to eat, but you're always on your phone. I mean, we see a lot of that today. Well, and that, that reminds me, Rick, I'm going to just say this real quick, that we can be a lousy friend if we're not careful. So mm. let me give a quick list of what not to do. Okay. Number one is what you just said. Sit there and, and be on your phone while you're with the person you're trying to be friends with. Yeah. <laughs> Ignore them and pay attention to your phone. That That's just <laughs> a huge faux pas. And that friendship's not going anywhere because of you if you're doing that. Yeah. And then number two is the one that, that we can all fall into because of our culture. And that's not replying to somebody when they reach out to you. Yeah. And, and so at least if you can't do it, if the time doesn't work, say, hey, thanks so much for thinking of me. I'd love to get together. This time doesn't work for me, unfortunately. Uh, but let's set up another time. Yeah. And that way you don't leave that person hanging. So, you know, clearly communicating that you do want to spend time with them. That they do yeah. matter to you. Or even... Even, um, Will, I think a short text, if they've kind of reached out to you and asked some questions and things, say, hey, sorry, I can't respond right now. I will as soon as I can. Yes. Yeah. And I, I, think, I think the final piece, Rick, is to not stay on the surface. You mm. may have to start on the surface with people. Yeah. But at some point for friendship to really develop, we have to take the risk to be open and honest and authentic just yeah. about what's going on in our life. We don't have to start with the heaviest, biggest, no. scariest thing, but we can start with smaller things and see how the person responds, see what their level of understanding and acceptance is. And then I would challenge everyone to take that friendship as far as you feel that you can. Yeah. You know? And, and often we can, we should stretch ourselves a little bit to push beyond our own comfort zone Yeah. Uh, to give the person a chance to, to be um, accepting of us in ways that maybe we think they wouldn't be. Exactly. Uh, and we won't know until we're honest and open. Yeah. And that brings us to the third point that uh, Murthy mentioned, which I loved, which was service. And I think a lot of us, it's easy to sit at home. And if you're home alone at night, it can seem kind of lonely and boring. And you can start to have a, a pity party for one. 
But instead, why not think, hey, there's organizations all around me that need volunteers. Yes. There's churches all around me. That, one of the things I love about church is the connection. Yes. And there's so many ways in your local church that you can get involved, meet people, help others, serve, um, give back. It's just a win-win. So it gets you out of the house. It gets you out of the pity party. You start helping others who you might even realize are in worse position than you, and you feel connected. They are blessed. You're blessed. And I think it's just an excellent suggestion. Yeah, it's absolutely a win-win, Rick. And and it's a great way uh, to develop friendships organically. When you're yeah. serving with someone side by side, friendship just kind of happens through that process. Yeah. And you can't beat what it does for you, especially if you're feeling alone and isolated, uh, which also leads to feelings of, am I valuable? You know, do I have worth? And when you're giving and contributing, you know, that helps a lot with those kind of discouraging thoughts that uh, prey on all of us at some point. Well, Rick, I think that's a great place for us to wrap up our topic today of friendship. And I want to close today by making an invitation to our listeners to consider being intentional about moving towards those five friendships in your life. Determine today to be a great friend. Pay attention to people that are already reaching out to you and be proactive about reaching out to people that you'd like to get to know better. I agree with you, Will. And I want to just thank all the good friends that have been there for me throughout my life. I appreciate them. And I just look forward to being a good friend to others as time progresses. Yes, it's a, it's a fantastic place to be in life is to have good friendships. It makes all the difference. And so that concludes our major episodes for season two on relationships, but we've got some bonus episodes coming up that we're super excited about. Uh, we're even hoping to get some guest presenters on our show for the first time. So we're very excited. It's going to be awesome. So stay tuned. But for now, you've been listening to Best Thoughts with Dr. Will Johns and me, Dr. Rick Johns. And until our next episode, go out there and have fun with your friends. <laughs>